0: Hello, hello, everybody. How are you doing? Have you had a good day, good afternoon, or a good evening? Well, I hope you have. Whatever it is, wherever you are, I hope you're doing good and you're keeping safe. Thank you so much for clicking on a brand new episode of The Unsighted Radio. Happy to have you back. And if you know anybody that would enjoy this content, let them know. We are on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Have them look up The Unsighted Radio. It's spelled U N S. -S 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 Y as in Yankee, T-E-D, The Unsighted Radio, would love to have you become a member of The Uncited Army. Anyways, today we have a friend of the show, we've talked before off-record, but I'm happy to have him on today to talk about an amazing game he's put together. He is a completely blind developer, and he is today's guest, the great and powerful Zach Tidwell.
1: Hey man, thanks for having
0: me on. Absolutely, I'm so happy that you hit me up, you know, you're just like hey, you know, I've got the game. It's ready. Um, You know, I've told you about it. So you might have come on and talk about this game that I'm super excited uh, to have everybody play. And I was like, absolutely. So... You know We're going to get into that today, but uh, before we get into the game, would love to have my listeners learn a little bit more about you. So if you could just uh, start by introducing yourself uh, a little bit more than just me giving your name, I think that's a good place to start.
1: <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, so my name is Zach Tidwell. I am 27 years old. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, and I lost my sight four years ago to a suicide attempt. So I'm completely blind now. Since then, after learning all about using screen reading software and access technology, and then quickly becoming frustrated with how many things are still inaccessible once you know how to use that technology. Mm-hmm. I started researching what makes all of that happen in an app and happen on websites, and it led me to start teaching myself how to code in October of 2021, and now I have my first app that is is—it's actually currently in the approval process with Apple to be on the App Store. It's called Xanagrams. It's a totally accessible Word Puzzle game and that's what I reached out to you about.
0: And we're gonna get into it because I have had uh, the honor to, you know, test it before it gets approved and officially hits the, the app store. And I had a lot of fun with it. So, you know, definitely am excited to talk to you and hear more about that. Um But before we get into that, you know, obviously, if you're comfortable with sharing, you mentioned um, you lost your vision due to a a suicide attempt. Are you okay with opening up a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm totally open about it. I think it's really important to talk about. So gosh, while I was in the, I was a machine gunner in the Marines. I'm not a combat veteran. This was all just kind of personal stuff and head injuries, but on my second deployment, Uh, My wife at the time was actually having an affair. And when I came back, I tried to make it work and it didn't. And I ended up about a month after I filed for divorce. I was in a pretty bad motorcycle accident and had a severe head injury. And everything just went downhill after that. And about a year later, which was nine months after I got out of the Marine, I I shot myself in the head. So. I still have my eyes and everything, and but it, both of my optic nerves were affected. So I'm, I have no sight whatsoever, no light perception or anything. And that was March 31st was four years since then. So wow. it's been a while. I'm back on my own. I just bought my second house. Um, obviously, I've started my own business and taught myself how to code and things are looking up. <laughs>
0: it's yeah. a big
1: turnaround from four years ago. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So you said you're 27. So you would have been 23. Yep. Um, So obviously so young, um, probably still really figuring out what you wanted to do and then add all the things that are going on in the background. You know, it's, it's, you know, for those that have never dealt with depression or, you know, or any sort of mental health issue, you know, as someone who's dealt with it themselves and been suicidal, you know, I completely understand how, it probably just felt like too much and you just couldn't keep going and you just, you wanted, you wanted out, Um, you know, but I'm happy that you're still here. I will say that. And um, I'm happy that you were able to turn it around. Yeah. Thank you.
1: I mean, if, if, yeah, if you've dealt with serious depression then you know how it, how it gets and on the outside, everything looked fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was in college and I was working and I was doing well with both of those things, but I was just, struggling and not talking to anyone about it Mm -hmm. and that's really kind of what continued to lead me down that path i mean it was it was a year and a half in total of of struggling with it but yeah i just eventually hit that point because you're not really in a rational state of mind at that point
0: no absolutely and you know it's just like you said you just bottle it up and it looks fine on the outside and i think that's that's the thing um even with people who are comfortable with their disability identity you know we we seem fine on the outset but we we still have our days so uh, I think people really you know just going about their days not really looking underneath the underneath they um, they can miss the signs and sometimes you know we actually really need help but maybe even ourselves don't realize that we need help.
1: Yeah and it's it's really shocking how common it is once you start talking about it you know that's that's even been part of me recovering from it was getting to the point where I, I am open about it. But it, w- once I start talking about it, then it seems like the, the majority of people have either dealt with it directly themselves or have been close to someone or had a family member try to commit suicide. Like, it's very common and scary, but it seems like people are getting more and more open about it.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, I'm not an expert on this, you know, I only know very surface level information because of my, my history with working for a, you know, a guide dog organization that, you know, they, you know, their big thing is also putting service animals with, you know, war veterans. So I know within veterans, um, mental health, obviously PTSD or PTS, that's such a big thing within that community. And, a lot of times those people are just, um, they are not helped. Um, they they don't get the assistance that they deserve after they are done with their service. So that's a whole other level and layer to mental health too.
1: Yeah, I think, er, I, I know for a fact, the statistic when I got out of what, almost five years ago was 22 veterans a day were committing suicide. Wow. That was, you know, that was pre-pandemic. So who knows what it was like at the height. That was a big number that was being pushed around. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a big problem. And I think some of that comes, obviously your experiences while you're in. And then when you get out, I mean, all your support is gone. And you're in this new world trying to figure things out. And you've had a lot more life experience than a normal 22 year old it's 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 a weird spot to be yeah
0: yeah I mean for a young kid 22 like you said you go and you you see some things that you know I've not even ever seen or never will have seen um so I can't even imagine and then you know once once you get out yeah it's it's definitely something that continues to need to be worked on and needs more assistance and help. And I know they get it. And I know there's been some change, but obviously, you know, we got to give more because those men and women are, you know, obviously however you want to identify those people risk their lives to give us our freedom. So they deserve all the help after they get out.
1: Yeah. And a lot of it's there. It's just, it's hard to find. And you've been in that culture for however many years where you don't talk about stuff. So it's it's kind of a perspective shift.
0: Yeah. So you were twenty twenty-three when yep. you you know you you know you you obviously you, you probably woke up in a hospital bed and I I'm curious like did you immediately, you know, know like okay, I I, I can't see anything like like I'm curious, like, what was that first day like for you? If if you you know, have any memories of it?
1: Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a little foggy just in mm-hmm. turn. I mean, there was a lot going on. Obviously I was on a lot of medications mm-hmm. and then I mean, I shot myself between the eyes. Like that's probably just about the worst concussion that you could ever have, <laughs> you know? So I was pretty right. out of it. Um, but I guess when my roommate found me and was on the phone with with 911, I was talking. I don't remember any of that, but just asking for help and for water. And they ended up putting me out when I got to the hospital because I was combative. And again, I don't remember any of this, mm-hmm. but so I was intubated and knocked out. Um, I don't know how long I was out for. I don't mm. remember. But it's so, you know, my my memories of whenever I was alert enough to know what was going on. Um, I, I didn't know I was blind because I was hallucinating so badly. I don't know how much of that was head injury, how much of it was the medications or how much of it was just my body not knowing what was going on. But it was odd. Like, I could have a conversation like I'm having with you right now. But I was seeing... the settings that I was seeing didn't make sense and I wouldn't see you even if you were sitting right in front of me talking to me but I was I was still seeing places in my head so it was strange Mm -hmm. and it took a little while for them to get it across that like no that's not real Mm -hmm. again the timeline is so foggy for me but in total I was in the hospital for 51 days Mm -hmm. um in some of that uh, that included my my facial reconstruction surgery and the recovery from that but it was it it was weird they they thought that I was going to get sight back in my left eye because my right optic nerve was completely severed and my left Mm -hmm. one wasn't but so for a while and you're you're so busy with physical therapy and occupational therapy and everything coming through while you're there and even just like wound care and stuff like that, that you're kind of distracted, but they were saying that I was going to get sight back in my left eye. And then one morning when the doctors were doing their rounds, one of them just came in and was like, yeah, so uh, you're going to be totally blind. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Bye. (laughs) And (laughs) it was, yeah, that it was, it was an experience.
0: Yeah. Uh, i know for my listeners this may sound um uncouth of me to ask and maybe even a bit morbid but in terms of like you know between the eyes that's usually something you don't live from <laughs> uh you know i'm just you know I, I mean wow i mean the survivability of that's pretty low i would say uh you know, I don't know anything about guns or anything.
1: I mean, that's um, where they, I was, I was an infantryman that that's where you're trained to, to shoot mm-hmm. people in the head is because there's a specific part of your brain called the medulla oblongata that lays back in there a little bit, but that kind of regulates all your autonomic functions. So yeah, it's, I, uh, this is speculation on my end, but mm-hmm. it was it was my concealed carry firearm, so I had hollow points in it, and when it okay. hit all, and when it hit my sinuses, it just kind of broke up, and it's none of the bullet actually entered my brain, but I have fragments still in my head, um, and they just kind of rode around the inside of my skull instead of entering my
0: brain. Gotcha. Uh, I, w- I didn't know of like can I ask him if it was hollow point you know you know jacketed you know because yeah uh, you know <laughs> uh, um, but yeah I mean so that's just wow that's crazy uh, obviously you were meant to live for a reason even if at the time you didn't know it Um, but obviously it's a huge life adjustment now because um you weren't thinking you were going to survive this and you do and then when you do, now you're completely blind. So I'm just wondering, once you're finally, you know, getting out of the haze um, from the injuries, the medication, you know, what is it like for you? Like, where are you at mentally and emotionally now after this?
1: It was, honestly, I was so busy while I was in the hospital for those, mm-hmm. like the 51 days that it didn't really register. And again, like I didn't have my facial reconstruction surgery, I think until about a week, maybe, maybe 10 days before I got out of the hospital. So that whole time it was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get some, I'm going to be able to see out of my left eye. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I think that helped early on just being so distracted and having that in my head that I didn't get stuck into this pity party. Um, and I was home for, with my parents for about a month after that, before I got into a blind rehab center. And that's Mm -hmm. when I started to struggle was at the blind rehab center. That was not a, a good time just mentally. And I was there for two and a half months, kind of learning how to do everything. And, you know, there's been ups and downs since then, but I like eight and a half months after i shot myself i was snowboarding up in, <laughs> up in the mountains and like that that was my first adaptive sports trip and that was something that i did when i could see and that had a huge impact on me Of like okay i'm not gonna have to live in a nursing home for the rest of my life right and i'm out here snowboarding Like this is, if I can do this, I can figure out how to, how to cook or whatever. And so I, I did that. I went on a couple ski trips and I started school again that next spring. I got back into college and just kind of worked my way up from there and growing my, getting my independence back was really kind of like a a big turning point for me. And obviously I, I still go through rough periods. Everybody Mm -hmm. does and they, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder. So I'll go through these prolonged periods sometimes, but again, you know, I, I I started school. Gosh. So I shot myself in March of 2019. I started school again about a year later and then, or I guess, no. Yeah. I started that spring semester. So I started less than a year later. And then, That summer, I moved out of my parents' house and moved up to my college campus to kind of have a test run of like, okay, I'm living by myself, but there's also people around. If I really need help, I can go knock on somebody's door and ask. And then, I don't know, six months later, I bought my first house, and then I was completely on my own, and it's just been a gradual progression from there. I just got... Like I, I said I just actually moved out of that house and bought a, a different house just to get out of the city. I just got my first guide dog about 2 months ago. Awesome. Yeah, so we're just we're cruising along.
0: Where did you get your guide dog from?
1: Guiding Eyes for the Blind.
0: Uh, great place. In New York. Yeah. Yeah, great place. That's awesome. Um what is the dog's name?
1: fritz he's a big old hairy german shepherd That's <laughs> named awesome. Fritz. yeah yeah it's That's been awesome. really neat man it's wild how intelligent they are it is uh, so cool
0: yeah um you know i just retired mine this year because he worked his full um you know career he'll be 11 in october oh he's just talking to me right now what's up bud <laughs> <laughs> uh he's in the room with me obviously as he always is but um yeah it's just it's so amazing um just how intelligent are because you like you you know dogs are smart we we all know dogs are smart but when you see like a working dog with their their partner the person they're supposed to help and protect and provide for then you're just like oh like like oh wow like i think they're smarter than humans (laughs) well
1: yeah because they have that raw intelligence that you notice but now it's being directed somewhere Mm -hmm. and on on a level that obviously we're aware of because we know how they've been trained. It just, yeah, I think it it does. It it focuses it and it's just, it's insane.
0: Yeah. And I mean, talk about, you know, they help us with our independence and confidence, but you know what's unspoken is just how much of a a partner and a a supporter they are, you know, for me, many times when I have my, my days where I'm not feeling, you know, so up to it, you know, not, you know, not all the way up there. Don't want to really get out of bed. You got that dog there just love it on you and you've got to you got to help, you got to provide for them so you got to get out, you got to do stuff for them so they keep you going. They 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 keep you in a good place. Yeah,
1: and even it's neat. So, like I said, I I still go do a ton of adaptive sports stuff in last week I, I was up in the mountains, rock climbing and hiking and paddleboarding and stuff like that. And that was the first trip that I've taken Fritz on. And like having him up there for that stuff and just seeing like, okay, when we were on this lake, that was ice two weeks ago. And I came back to shore on the paddle board and Fritz just ran up and wanted on the paddle board. And then we cruised around <laughs> the lake and you're like, okay, this is cool. It's, <laughs> this is so cool
0: that's awesome. I I love it. I'm I'm happy for you that you've you've got that bond because uh people who you know don't understand just the the relationship that people can have with animals they're, they're missing out because especially with these working animals it's it's a whole another level and it's such a special bond.
1: It really is, yeah.
0: Yeah, but you know, I'm like just super impressed with you because it sounds like you really were able to turn the corner and you found the kind of like the turning point quickly after everything happened. I know after the recovery was done after the rehab um, and that speaks to you. And um, maybe you didn't even know it at the time that you had this resilience and this inner strength um, because it sounds like you were able to really continue to rebuild your confidence and independence. And for someone who, you know, obviously just grew up, doesn't have a disability or doesn't really incur any sort of injury um, during their, you know, your younger life, you know, perfect vision. And then, you know, something just traumatic happens and they lose it. You know, it's not easy to get back up and continue living a life. Um, And I just think it really speaks to you and maybe even you didn't know it, but I mean, you really, you know, were able to turn it around quite quickly. It sounds like.
1: I think a lot of it's just being stubborn <laughs> to be honest. And, you know, the, the, the veterans resources for like, for blind rehab stuff are, are pretty insane. So mm-hmm. I, I had a good basis coming out of the blind rehab center. And I just had to, I mean, you can either choose to apply it or sit around and I chose to apply it and mm-hmm. I've just kept learning and kept learning and it's continually getting better
0: yeah um i have to ask though cuz you know and you know i so you attempted to su- you know suicide and obviously you um you do survive um obviously the injuries that happened ca- cause you to lose your vision um i'm just wondering really what was kind of the turning point because obviously i think for most people they don't understand like that wasn't really part of the plan you know your plan was not to survive and then have to continue living and it definitely wasn't part of the plan to lose your vision and now you have to adapt your entire lifestyle so i am you know you you mentioned stubbornness but but what other than stubbornness made you go like you know well obviously i didn't want to survive this but i did i i'm blind now what what got you up? What what made you want to keep living?
1: I mean, you can either choose to sit on your ass or you can get up and do something to change your your current position in life. And that was, for me, I, when I was in the hospital initially, like, again, I, I thought I was going to have to live in either a nursing home or some sort of assisted living facility or mm-hmm. with my parents for the rest of my life. And one day, one of the the blind rehab counselors came in and talked to me and asked me what kind of stuff I normally do uh, hobby-wise. And I'm like, well, I downhill mountain bike and ride motorcycles and snowboard and all this stuff. And she's like, well, that's cool. You can still go do most of that stuff. I mean, motorcycles are probably out of the picture, but you can still rock climb and all this other stuff. So And that was the first time that I'd heard of adaptive sports. And so I was like, okay, that's, that's something I'm going to shoot for. And like I said, you know, eight and a half months later, I was snowboarding. So that, that was kind of the first thing. And then with, with the goal of, okay, what's next getting back into school. So in that time that I came home in September of 2019 from blind rehab, I was making myself learn how to use JAWS better so Mm. I started a blog and no one was reading it but it made me get good at using the internet and doing word processing tasks with JAWS and then I was back in school and then okay now that I'm back in school when am I going to get back out on my own and it was that summer semester I got back out on my own and then it was like okay when am I gonna fully move out on my own okay I'm gonna buy a house and then it just slowly progressed. I I guess it's, it's been kind of goal driven the entire time now that I say, which makes sense. I mean, that's, that's kind of how my mind works. And like, that's, that's kind of where I thrive. If I, if I have Mm -hmm. something direct that I'm going for and kind of have in the back of my mind the whole time.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a goal for you originally to make, xanagrams which uh is obviously the game that you've been working on um for quite some time now you you mentioned obviously you you started the blog to help you get more accustomed to using this adaptive assistive technology and i'm wondering if that was kind of a little bit of a spark because obviously um you know what 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 actually just to, to pause what um what did you go to school for to college to get your degree in
1: So I actually I ended up dropping out when I when I was before I shot myself I was going to school for nursing. Mm -hmm. After I shot myself I started going to school for clinical psychology Mm -hmm. and I what I guess I think in 20 summer of 2021 I was taking a statistics class and pretty much everything about the class was inaccessible and Mm -hmm. I was like screw this and I dropped out and then That's really when I I started looking into, like, okay, why is so much of this stuff inaccessible when other things can be completely accessible? Mm -hmm. And that's when I started teaching myself how to code, was right about, like, was October of of 2021. Mm
0: -hmm. And it
1: was because I wanted to create accessible things, whatever it was. And it quickly became games once I realized, like, okay, I can do this even though I'd never had any experience with coding before, so I just started tinkering and then realized I could do it. and it turned into xanagrams. yeah <laughs>
0: yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. yeah. I was you know, i'm I'm happy I paused to ask that because definitely was not on the radar, but it came out of you noticing a lot of and yes, this world is getting more and more accessible, but there are still so many facets of life where the accessibility is not anywhere where it where it should be. And education is still a big one. As much as we have student disability resource centers, there are still a lot of gaps that occur. And there's still a lot of things and courses that don't really cater to a disabled student. So 100% with my own experiences, I, I can see the frustration and just be like, you know what? No one's really helping me to get through this and I'm struggling, falling behind. Screw this, I'm done. But from that, you you realize, well, maybe what, what else is really inaccessible? And if it, so, it sounds like real quickly, you're like games. And then that's just kind of what you fixated on. And I got to say, to teach yourself coding without any sort of classes, I mean, kudos to you, because I tried to go into a, uh, you know, an IT degree originally, but I was just like, this is too much for me. I can't do it. (laughs) So I went and got a history history degree uh, instead. So, I mean, all the respect to you, because that's not something easy to teach yourself.
1: No, but but it's... You know, I was creative when I could see, and that came through art a lot of the time, but I don't have that now, and this has given me a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Obviously, sometimes it's really frustrating, but mm-hmm. as long as I walk away and just come back to it later, it's it's something that I really enjoy, and I think a lot of that stems from, like, okay, I've identified something that I would like to have exist in the world that doesn't exist, so... I can make it happen. But I think that kind of helps drive through that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's talk a little bit more about this game that you've got, Xanagrams. I'm really excited to hear that it is currently in approval for Apple to hit the, uh, the you know, the store. Um, obviously, you allowed me to test it, and I got to say... I knew nothing about the game. I didn't even know what an anagram was. <laughs> when I started playing the game, and I got to be honest, I had a lot of fun with this game. I I didn't, you know, I I had no, you know, expectations and I'm glad I didn't because I found myself being like, "Wow, I am sinking so much time just to test it for him. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, I could tell you once it's been approved, uh, it's going to be an official download. So it's going to be a game that uh, yeah. I'm playing because I'm hooked, man. I am a hundred percent hooked on the game.
1: That's awesome. And that that's like the, the version that you played is the same. That's the finished version. That's what I've submitted to Apple. I just made it available as a private beta so that, you know, you could test it. So beforehand but it's yeah so for those of you who haven't tested it during the public beta and haven't heard of it yet Xanagrams is a word puzzle game and because I'm totally blind it's completely voiceover accessible I know it does still need some work to make it better for low vision users but I really didn't get any feedback from low vision users during the beta so I'm hoping that getting it in front of more people maybe I can get some more low vision folks to reach out to mm-hmm. so it help me increase contrast and stuff like that but essentially it, every puzzle that you play has six anagrams in it and for people who don't know what an anagram is you get a a clue that points at a one word answer so if it was if the answer was going to be feather the clue might be the hair equivalent for birds mm. and in, in Xanagrams, every one of those puzzles has six anagrams in it. And at the end of the clue, there's a number and it, it tells you how many letters are in the answer to that word. Mm. And then along the bottom of portion of the screen, all six of those answers have been split up into groups of two or three letters and they're displayed as buttons. So, if you wanted to try and spell feather, there might be F E A, and then another button that says T H and another button that says E R. And it's going to be mixed in with all the other letter groups from the other five answers. And you tap them to add it to your spelling. The game automatically detects if you've spelled any of the answers right. And then it removes those letter group buttons from, from that, that letter letter group bank. And so when you get into a hard puzzle that you're, you're struggling with, you can use the process of elimination to kind of single out what's left. Because by the time that you've finished one puzzle, you you use every one of those buttons once.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's really the gist of the game. Every the, the game is a mix of themed and unthemed puzzle packs. So every puzzle pack has 10 puzzles in it. So 60 total anagrams. And when you download the game you'll have two puzzle packs for free. So 120 total anagrams. And then there's all sorts of other puzzle packs that will be available for NF purchase as well as hints. You can use hints if you're really stuck on a word Mm -hmm. and the game will tell you what letter group applies to whatever answer it is that you want the hint for.
0: Yeah, I definitely will need some of those hints because the word salad one, that's a lot of fun um i got like my, my first um anagram was like a, a creole based rice dish and i'm just like oh, okay which one's this and yeah. then it said nine letters like okay so it can't be gumbo and then i'm like okay what what is it and i'm like oh jambalaya so that yeah. i'm just so that i'm asking you know hey alexa how do you spell Jobolaya? Because I'm just like, <laughs> that's a word I don't know how to spell. So then when it's spelling it, like, okay, now I know what letters I need to look for. So then I'm like, all right, I see the J A, I see the L A, the Y A. So you know the M B A. So I'm like, all right, I got this one. Um, so that was fun. You know, it a lot of the fun is just figuring out what the word is from the hint, you know, like 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 you know, like um you have the galaxy ones, like the the furthest planet from the sun. You're just like, oh, uh Neptune or you're, you're like uh you know a body of ice with like a tail at the end, you're like, oh okay, uh oh shit, that's a comet. Uh so yeah. then it's just like as you're going through, um, but some of them are hard, man. So I'm, yeah, like you are. really <laughs> gotta think on some of those because like um then you're just like, Oh, what what could this word be? And sometimes you just need to like shuffle through the the letter groups a little bit and be like, Oh, okay maybe it could be this and then you start spelling it like man maybe it's not this So then you can clear it and then start shuffling it's it's a lot of fun because someone like me i start being like no no i i gotta figure this out i i gotta know what this word is
1: <laughs> yeah and that's where that kind of using the process of elimination works to where you're like okay i know comments but i don't know this longer one uh, what mm-hmm. else can i solve aside from comments and it slowly lessens the number of letter groups that you have to pick from and it's i i intentionally made them challenging because obviously i've handwritten all of these i've this point i've almost written 800 anagrams for the game like it's they're kind of tedious to write so I wanted to make some that I think are are fun and challenging
0: uh it, it's it's so fun um I don't know if you ever heard of this I can't remember if was it word brain or buzz brain um it's it, it's not an anagram but basically it's kind of like okay you have like a um it could be like a two by two or a four by four or six by six grid and then it has a bunch of letters. And then it has, like, you know, empty... But basically, it lets you know, okay, there's a word that you have to spell with this grouping on a 6 by 6 um, grid. Um, and then you got to kind of, like, use your finger and draw, like, lines so to connect all the letters together to spell the word. So... Uh. Yeah, so when I, you know, kind of started to figure out, like, Xanagrams, I'm like, oh, crap. This is, like, the other game I was addicted to. So, yeah, this one's <sighs> going to be one that I get addicted to, too. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that well, I mean that makes me happy to hear. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. It's awesome. I'm I'm really glad you enjoyed it cuz again, it's I mean it's been a lot of work to get here. So, it's cool to know that other people have had it in their hands through the beta, but also like it's going to be available for the world. And it's it's cool because there's not many games that are just uh, that are that are for the sighted community as much as they are for the blind community. Mm-hmm. Like this is a, a game that you can play with your sighted friends and family. Oh,
0: yeah, a hundred percent. Like I'm like this is a game for everybody. Is you know obviously you put a lot of focus on it being accessible, but that's awesome. But people who don't have any sort of disability or chronic health condition, they can get addicted to this game too.
1: Yeah, and then you can you can share your scores with each other. You like you probably noticed when you.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: when you finish a puzzle, you can hit share, and you can text your score for a certain puzzle to your friend, and then you can see who's better than who, and it's it's cool. I'm excited for it to be able to bridge that gap between the communities.
0: Yeah, it, it's such a fun game. I really think it's gonna be. It, I, you know, I I hope it goes to become popular because I think it has everything to be. You know, that addictive. Um, just you know, really you got to think kind of game, but it's fun. It's a puzzler. I think it has all the aspects of a good game. And I really hope like once it officially gets, you know, on the app store that not just, you know, myself, but everyone else is playing it. Cause I really think it has a lot of potential and it's a really fun game. And I have to say, I was really impressed with the voiceover um, compatibility because obviously, you know, that's what I'm big on obviously with apps nowadays is, you know, can I play this game with my limited vision? Cause you know, I can't yeah. see the clues, can't see the letter groupings, you know, I can't see the buttons that I'm supposed to press. Um, but everything that I, I I used with my voiceover normally outside of a game, it worked on the app. So I was really happy with that. And I was really impressed with the tutorial kind of like the, like the, like the, like the mock demo of how the game would really like look and operate as if you went and played an actual pack so i can see the love um that you put into the game and i was just really impressed with um the uh how intuitive it was how easy it was to start playing and how much my voiceover worked for it so you you did some great work my friend
1: (laughs) thank you thank you so much
0: so i'm interested what was the inspiration for xanagrams you know Was this the original game you thought you were going to make? I'm interested to hear what the inspiration for the game was.
1: No, it was not. (laughs) (laughs) So I've actually, and I've started tinkering in the background on my next project, and that's getting back towards what I was, what I had set out to make initially. I I actually initially wanted to make a fantasy RPG.
0: Uh And
1: I was working in a different programming language and Mm -hmm. it turned out that none of their developer tools to publish your code base to the, to an Apple device was accessible. So I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, now I have to learn a new programming language. And so that's when I started learning Apple's programming language uh, last year, like last July. And the website that I used to learn ha- is called hackingwithswift.com because the programming language is called Swift. And the guy who writes it has a 100 days of Swift UI course. And Swift UI is the framework that you use to create all of the interface
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, elements and stuff like that. So he, during all, all the tutorials throughout that 100 days, are like project based. And one of them is a word game. And I was like, it, and it's earlier on, and so as I continued through the one hundred days course, I was like, you know what, that maybe that's what I'll do. Like that's where I got the idea. I was like, you know, I'll do a word puzzle game. That's inherently going to be about as optimal for accessibility mm-hmm. as anything can be because it's all text based. And so I just ran with it, and yeah. obviously was learning the language as I went. So I probably now I could have ranked out Xanagrams a lot faster than I did because there's been a lot of learning in like stumbling along the way, but that's really where it all came from.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I remember you and I uh, had a phone call and you were telling me about the, the fantasy RPG you were wanting to make, but obviously uh, I, you know, you know, we follow each other on Twitter. So I knew, you know, you had some struggles with some of the, you know, the language not being truly accessible um, but it sounds like maybe you're you're figuring out a little bit more. So I'm excited to hear that you're still um wanting to make that game because obviously I would love to play an accessible fantasy RPG <laughs> on my phone, you know, because yeah. obviously I love RPGs and you and I have talked about, you know, my game that I would like to make, and I've gotten some more confidence to start continue working on it. You know, obviously I don't know any of the language or coding, but um I'm really more you know, like invested in trying to put together a team to make this game. Um, But, you know, that's, you know, this isn't about me, it's about you, but I'm excited to hear that you're still really wanting to make that game. But, you know, it sounds like Xanagrams was the perfect first game for you.
1: Yeah, coming at it from as a blind developer trying to make Mm -hmm. an accessible game, really, that's text-based stuff is the best, best way to do that. So it worked out really well.
0: Yeah, and it's awesome that, you know, because i think you know obviously when, when you start like like okay i want to make this game and i want it to be like this and that and like you probably have a, like a lot of expectations of what you want your game to be but then obviously the realization is uh, you know it's not easy to make a game or to learn how to make the game so it's like okay well maybe i'm not quite ready to make my game that, I've, that i want that i visualized quite yet you know what what's something that in the meantime I can use to really start building, you know, that portfolio, get me the skills and the knowledge. And here you are, you're taking just kind of like this course. And one of the first things is just kind of like a word puzzler. And you're just like, you know what? I think this one is it. And I'm happy because I like the game.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it, yeah, that, that whole process is, especially uh, uh, it, it's eye-opening as you start to learn more and more about coding is how many levels there are to everything. And then mm-hmm. as you start doing more research, like even small apps that are on the app store often have teams. And so mm-hmm. you're having to wear a lot more hats as an independent developer than someone Absolutely. typically has to. And so I think like, it's a lot of the time is – the timeframes when mm-hmm. they really start to actually get an idea of just how long something is going to take, because you're having to do stuff that would typically be split up between a couple people um, mm-hmm. can be a little humbling. And that's, that was another thing where I was like, okay, I need to do a, a more straightforward project now with Xanagrams so that I can get something out there and prove that this can be done right. from, as a, a solo completely blind dev. So it's Absolutely. been really good.
0: Yeah, and and to prove to yourself that you can do it and that um, that you're good, you know, that you can make a game that people are going to enjoy. And then obviously that come you know, that that circles back to to just you as the developer saying, Okay, I can make games that people enjoy, you know, and now you're more confident to build that next game and or work on the project that you shelved to make the first game. So it, it all goes together in the end
1: it really does and yeah like you say it kind of validates because i mean it was a a dream you know that i'm going to do this so it, it validates that goal to know like especially getting positive feedback from people where you're like okay yeah there's something to this yeah this is this is cool um it does it kind of gives you the a little bit of confidence to move forward with something that's a little bigger
0: absolutely and i i think it's important to to stress to people, especially when it comes to indie developers, um, these are people who it can be one person, two people, could be five or eight, but these are not AAA studios where you have like 50 plus people on a team, millions of dollars dedicated to all the latest and greatest technology. These are small teams where a lot of times... To get the funding, they 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 get they get it through grants and you know other stuff. So these are one passion projects. Um, so and two, there's there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into these passion projects. So I think it's important to stress to people when you see these indie developers making their games. I mean, really appreciate the end product because they've put a lot of time and effort into this game, uh, and you don't even you don't even know the journey. Or the the struggles they've had to go through, um, and then two, it it may sound weird to say it, but as a developer, you 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 do want to hear people say, "Hey, I played your game, it's good. You're a good developer. You can make more." And I know that like that sounds weird to people to hear, but like that's what you need to hear to know, like you said, the validate. Okay, I am doing something cool here. I'm I'm doing something good here. What I wanted to do. I can do. And people like it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that would be like, I mean, I don't know if you ever watched like American idol or the voice or anything like that Mm -hmm. before, when, when someone shows up on there to audition and they're terrible and they think that they're good because no one ever told them that, Hey, maybe this isn't your thing. And so I felt like (laughs) getting some feedback on Xanagrams will be that way for me where I'm like, okay, maybe I need to find (laughs) a new path here. But
0: yeah, you're gonna get the Simon Cowell response. I have to be yeah, wonderful. you're <laughs> dreadful, just dreadful. I can't do a good British accent, but you know Simon, he was always the one that was god awful. You're like, yeah, you don't even know, you don't even know. I struggled like God through Simon.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly where. Yeah, having having the betas out there has alleviated some of that like anxiety around that a little bit.
0: Um, I'm so glad though because it, it is such a good game. Um I was. In, I'm interested though. So you know, you did the course in the word puzzler, but the whole like anagram aspect of it, like where did that come from? Because I had never even heard of an anagram before. <laughs> <Anagram's>. <laughs> so.
1: Um. Honestly, like I don't remember where I've heard about anagram. I mean, I've known of that for a long time. It's, you know, it's you see a lot where it's single letters or you just have like that are mixed up or a keyboard. And I was like, okay, just honest, this sounds really weird, but when I get stuck on stuff for whatever reason with programming or like even just design stuff, when it comes to what I'm going to do programming, a lot of the aha moments that I have are when I'm doing something other than coding. So like when yeah. I walk away and I'm working out or just in the shower or whatever. And at some point because I wanted to I was like, okay, I want to make a word puzzle game, but now that I have the exact one that's on the tutorial in my head, like I need to make this totally different. but like how do I get away from that? And that was the mm-hmm. best way that I thought I could do it.
0: I feel like part of like those courses in college, they need to have a day where it's like, uh, all right, today we're gonna go over why it's so important to take showers as a developer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or why it's so important to go on walks as a developer. Because it's so true. Some of like those breakthrough moments in 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 the course of developing, you won't find it when you're working on it actively.
1: Yeah, you kind of have to give your mind a little reset. And it seems like getting your focus completely on something else, which I find hard to do because when I get stuck on a problem, I just kind of I can't, it's hard not to think about it because it's frustrating but that does seem to be when there's some sort of breakthrough
0: mm-hmm. so i'm interested to hear a little bit more about you know the work that went into it um you, you said i think since last august is really when you were really like deep into the development um i'm just curious you know during the development time learning it you know what would you say were some of you know some of the struggles you had to overcome, um, you know, were there any moments during this time, you know, that were really just like, you know, I'm just curious, like when you look back on the actual development side of it, are, are there any moments that stand out?
1: In terms of just great points of like friction or
0: yeah, you know definitely like frustration but also like at the end of the day just like getting to those moments in time where you're like wow this you know i i feel like i've got something here
1: i think i mean the the biggest thing that it's hard trying to create the visual aspects of the screen when you can't see it. Mm -hmm. I've had sight, but you're all, you're kind of interpreting what your, your code is going to do. And then trying to debug those areas. Like, you know, when I've gotten a certain amount done and I have a friend or family member come over to my house and I'm like, Hey, look at this. Is this what this is doing? They're like, no, that looks terrible. Like, well, it's (laughs) okay. Like, why and it's it's because there was you know two lines of code were swapped in order so it completely changed what i thought i was doing and stuff like that mm-hmm. has been it that's tough because then you're working with someone who knows nothing about development and trying to solve <laughs> a problem and it, it's yeah so that i would say that's just like kind of stuck out as a recurring theme especially as I got closer and closer to releasing the first beta of it because it was tiny very convoluted problems but were causing you know noticeable issues that Mm -hmm. obviously if you want something to be successful you need to be able to polish those out so
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I would say that and then just real there's certain timed when, when there's a bug and you've spent yeah. a week trying to track it down and then all of a sudden it's fixed and you just feel like a stud. Like you just <laughs> <laughs> it. Like, yeah! It just over It can be something small, but it's so tedious to try and track that stuff down. Um, oh, man. It's cool when you have like a big system finally worked out because like... I don't know if you noticed in Xanagrams, but every every puzzle that you play, there there's the official version, mm-hmm. which... Everyone is presented with the exact same version for like to allow for competitiveness, Mm -hmm. but you can replay those puzzles as many times as you want. And the words Mm -hmm. are randomly separated every time Mm -hmm. and the game handles those situations differently. And like when I first got that whole, that system finished and it was working as intended, like that was just such a big breakthrough. And I was like, okay, I can do the rest of this. Like the brains, the brains are done. Like we've got it. (laughs)
0: yeah that's awesome um yeah you know the 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 whole beta testing thing is so important especially in today's market i feel you know and this is kind of bringing in the triple a titles a little bit more but i feel there's a lot of games you know on like home consoles that they're not tested as much or as thoroughly as they could have been. So you see a lot of games being released and they're not ready to play. Um, and then you're just thinking, well, did you guys really test this? Like, who did you have test this? Um, did you, how large were your testing groups? So it's like, you know, when when I see like indie developers like yourself really going through like a rigorous, like a rigorous long-term like testing period, um, you know, that, that's awesome because, you know, that's a lot of the problems I have with modern console gaming is I'm like man are these studios even testing their games because they're not ready to play um, and you know obviously with you you're, you're super like okay please be honest are there bugs because I want to release this and it's ready to play
1: yeah and I think some of that at least like the big studios is you know they'll announce their release date for a game like a year in advance mm-hmm. and so if they hit roadblocks along the way they get stuck maybe they're not going to get to Spent as much time polishing as they would have had. Yeah. So i I mean, even I've, I've thought that Xanagrams was going to be ready. I, I initially was hoping around like Christmas time, like last mm-hmm. Christmas, you know. And now here we are in June, and I finally submitted it to the App Store. Um, and even now, I'm, it should be good to go out on on the Fourth of July is what I'm shooting for. But there's, there's some inaccessibility. And inaccessibility issues um with some of like the, the uploading tools for on the developer side that I literally I just need to have someone with working eyeballs come over and click some stuff for me, but yeah to, to fix it. But um yeah, I mean it's you it's it's hard because it's not like developing software isn't like like making a coding project isn't not like writing. Like when if you no. write a paper yeah. for college, there's a very specific Formula you can follow mm-hmm. with your body paragraphs, your introduction, and your conclusion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Programming is so open-ended and just multifaceted that like you can end up with these crazy bugs that you didn't even know were possible that now you're having to find, and
0: that really yeah. slows things. Down. That that's that's you know that is you know like a really good point because like you could do everything completely right, and then still something's not working, and you're just like, well, what the hell? I it's it's all right here. I know it's working. And I don't know, I don't know. Maybe you just didn't put something where you thought it's just, it's crazy. Like you can really think like, I've, I've got this. And then you're like, Nope, it's not working.
1: Yep. And it's crazy because when you're writing code, like the app that you write code in, you can attempt, it's called building your project. You can attempt to build and it'll basically, it'll check and make sure that you followed all of the, the rules of the programming language. So it may build successfully. But then, you all know, the code might be valid, but then when you run it on an iPhone, you may realize that it's not doing what you wanted it to do. And that's something you literally, you just have to figure out. Nothing tells you that for you, like, because you haven't broken any rules. It's valid. You just didn't write what you thought you wrote. Right. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it is crazy. It's, you know, like you said, it's not like it is straightforward, but then it's not. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not like writing a paper. It's like, you know, your paragraphs, you know, where you need to do like your citations or your your footnotes and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but it's like it's like coding. It's straightforward to a point, but then it's not. <laughs> it, it's hard to explain because it's like, you know, it's just it's it's a it's a beast of its own. It, like sometimes it really does have a mind of its own.
1: Yeah, because the concept of what you want to do is straightforward, but the actual execution is not.
0: Yes, you, you said it so much better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm interested to hear um, a little bit about, you know, with with the support you've gotten with your family, because obviously, you know, you know, I, I don't know. So for me, I, you know, I went to college, I got my degree, I worked for a couple of years at a, at a guy duck school. And, you know, obviously, that's, not where I, that's, that's where I thought I would stay for the rest of my life. And then obviously, pandemic happened. I lose my job. And then I finally decide I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to start being an advocate. And obviously, parents, they want the best for their children. So it was a, you know, it was a little bit of a come to Jesus moment for, for my family to, like, let me. Cause I I felt like I really needed the approval of my family to chase what I'm doing now. And I thought there's no way my mom, especially my mom, my dad, my dad's always like, you know what? You got to try it. Cause at least if, if you don't try it, then you don't know if you can be successful at it. My mom, obviously she's more of the warrior with my sister and I both being blind. So it was like so important, like, please mom, can I have your approval to do this podcast? Even though I was like 26, 27 at the time that I like, I wanted to start doing it. Um, so for you, I just want to know, like, how has it been with you and your family and your parents? You know, obviously it sounds like Dave and super supportive, but, uh, you know, I just want to, you know, hear from yourself, you know, what it was like when you kind of initially are like, you know, mom, dad, college isn't for me. I have this dream. um, You know, I want to chase it, you know, because obviously for any kid, you know, we want we, we kind of want the blessing, you know, to know, like, OK, I can do this and you're not going to be like are you paying your bills <laughs> you know, all this other stuff? Like, are you being a responsible adult?
1: Yeah. I mean, if my, my parents have been incredibly supportive the whole time, but it's yeah. also like, it's, there hasn't been a question of me paying my own bills, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. if, if there, if there was, then that might've been a little different. They would've been like, all right, you probably stick to something more conventional right now, but <laughs> right. I, I'm good on that end. So I've, I've been able to do this and I'm actually, I'm starting school again this fall to kind of support what I want to do with more of these role-playing games. I'm I'm going to school for creative writing with an emphasis awesome. on fiction. So it's all i mean it's it's real and especially now that the once i got to the point where there was a part of the app where like i could show them like hey the, the game works now it's not yeah. finished but like this is this is what i've been doing for the past right. nine months um right. i think that that probably helped a little bit too but i mean they've been incredibly supportive through all this they were at the hospital pretty much every day i think it was every day while i was in the hospital um and, and stuff like that, and I think mm-hmm. that's a huge part of the reason I was able to come kind of back to a, to a sense of normalcy is yeah. while I was in the hospital, and then I lived with them for. I mean, I lived with them until I I moved out to the college. Office, so I lived with them for like a year afterwards. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I I remember for myself after, you know, um. I, I talked about it with my mom. I was, I've, I've been very fortunate to have her as a guest on my podcast. And, you know, we talked about it because, you know, I, I'll never forget, you know, the night I called her or, you know, I talked to a friend and my friend just she's like, OK, Chad's like in a really bad place mentally right now. He could probably hurt himself, you know, basically ratted me out. And I thank him. I tell him, you know, the best thing you ever did as a friend was tell on me <laughs> to my yeah, parents. You have um, to in a yeah. situation like that. Yeah. And, you know, she calls me and she says, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not doing good. And, you know, she comes get comes to get me. I, you know, I drop out of my current courses and take a gear off and I just live with them. And I think that's that was so important for me to kind of know, like, even if everything goes wrong and I've got to stop everything in my life that I have my family to fall back on. And I acknowledge my privilege with that of my family dynamics to have that sort of relationship of my parents to be there for me when I was suicidal and I didn't want to live. And that's a powerful thing um, to have. And, you know, it's something that, you know, that's, that really tears me apart when I hear other disabled or chronically you ill know, people tell me they don't have that. Cause it's like, damn, if I didn't have it when I was at this point in my life, I probably wouldn't be here.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think I I would still be here after my suit. I think there probably would have been another attempt. Yeah. Um you know, but it is, a lot of people don't have that. So it is we are fortunate to have that. Yeah. And I'm I'm very conscious of that too.
0: Yeah. But it's so cool to hear that they're so supportive of you. And I can only imagine how great it must have felt for you to be able to show them kind of like, here's a work in, like a working in progress Xanagrams and they can see it. And they, and then like for them, they're realizing, okay, yeah, he, he's got, he's he's got something here. Like, okay, you know, you were talking about it. Beginning, we're like, I don't know, Zach, maybe you know, don't. And then they see it, and there's like, oh, wow, you've you've done it. You know, that had to be such a cool moment for you and your family together.
1: Yeah, because I mean, there was, I, I bet it was about six months until I, well, maybe five months until I had like a fully working there were still bugs throughout the app but the the game portion like playing through a xanogram worked fully as intended and i was like hey this is i've actually been doing something this whole time like here it is
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i you yeah you told them i'm gonna be working on a game They're like yeah whatever and then they say oh no you you really were working on a game
1: yeah well and i would say my mom typically like if i'm in town probably calls me just about every day and be like, Oh, <laughs> what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm coding. And then it, it, she's like, Oh yeah. Surprise. Like, or like, Hey, I'm, I'm actually, I just got back from jujitsu after I shower, I'm going to code. And so they heard that for a long time and it was nice to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm not lying.
0: Ah, uh, That's awesome. Um, You know, this, this is the great thing about podcasts because I can do this Um, jujitsu oh so you what what you you uh how long you been doing that
1: two and a half years so all right it's all been since i was blind i did i wrestled for two years in high school um so I, i've had some grappling experience but it's really become something that i've i've kind of addicted to it's it's really fun and that's I've, awesome i've done two tournaments Um uh, nice. and there it's against people without disabilities and the only thing that they adapt is when you start the match you start touching instead of starting a couple of feet apart so it's really it's really really cool
0: that's amazing really cool. are are you a blue belt
1: yep i've i've nice. had my blue belt for about a year or i'm still still no stripes
0: but... all right but hey that's that's awesome though you 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 know blue belt's above the white belt so you you've you know you've earned the the, the honor of not being a white belt so you put it in the work to get that blue belt
1: yeah I'll, I'll take it
0: yeah that's awesome um did you always love because uh, you, you grappled in uh, high school with um, wrestling but uh were you always really into kind of the uh the grappling aspect of mixed martial arts
1: um no honestly like i because i had never wrestled until my junior year of high school but it was something that i've always said since that i wish i would have started younger um, mm. i played a lot of sports i just i never wrestled my dad never wrestled so mm. i never tried it then in high school i was like you know what i'm kind of tired of playing basketball in the winter <laughs> i'm gonna try wrestling um and just i did i really loved it it's really grueling and just the fact that it, it's one-on-one it's completely yeah. one-on-one if you lose it's because you lost if you win it's because you were better than they were at that time yeah. um it's and i mean it. it's just it's Physically, it is very grueling. So, that was something that I was, I, I became curious about jiu-jitsu while I was in the Marines, but I just didn't have the money or the time to really go do it outside of work. Um, and so, I got into it after I was blind. And it, it's been, you know, initially, because I was living in downtown Denver, um, initially I, I did it as, oh, this will be self-defense. Um, but it kind of almost immediately turn into a lot more than that
0: that's awesome i've always been big into mma you know ufc um and i've always loved you know as much as i love the boxing the stand-up i've, I've always been more into the the ground games, so the wrestling uh, but more so the jiu-jitsu i've, I've always like all the fans that are usually booming over the grappling i'm like oh my god this is amazing and i'm just like these these idiots don't even know what they're looking at <laughs> um, yeah
1: cuz you you have no respect for how how much finesse there is in all of that
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i i did it for a little bit but you know i just it was like an hour away from where i was originally living from my parents and my parents obviously worked full hour days so it's just like it just wasn't Logistical for me to continue dealing, but I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I know a little bit, but I don't know. Maybe here, I I can you know I live in you know close to Tampa, so I know in in South Florida at least there's a huge MMA you know scene because obviously there's a you know I think it's a LFA or Titan or whatever it is is here as a promotion. So you know okay. you know you've got people like s- scattered sporadically throughout the state who are training. So. I could probably find a gym to do it if I wanted to really get into it, but I, I loved it. And it's cool that you're doing it because I think we really need more representation of disabled um, athletes in like jujitsu, wrestling, um, because you know we're, you know, just because we have a disability or a chronic health condition doesn't mean we can still, you know, be badasses.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can still lay it down when you need to. Exactly. But, yeah.
0: That's awesome though. That's so cool that you're doing it, and you've done yeah. tournaments. You know that's that's not easy to do. So that's awesome, man.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. It's uh, it's definitely something I would urge more people to try if it interests. <laughs> like it is, it's very doable.
0: Yeah, and I, and I love how like you know, especially with jujitsu, it's like you really don't need to see; you just need to feel. So like. Yeah. It's cool. They start you out because, you, like you said, usually you would start out a little bit separated and then move towards and then engage in the grappling. But they they'll already start you in like basically kind of like, you know, arms, you know, placed around each other. So kind of like in the positioning. And then you can go from there. And then for you, it's like, okay, cool. You know, I know if I get beat, it's because I didn't react or respond correctly to their game versus my game. Um, so like grappling it's it's a very touch you know uh what is it uh work for it. yes there you go tactile sport
1: and it, and like it it's so humbling dude because even uh, like you know you could you can go annihilate somebody and then there's always somebody that's 10 times better than you even if they're the same belt yeah same low. it's it's so much fun it just yeah. it's really something like if it seriously if it interests anyone i would urge you to go try it because it's hard to explain just like the it really does kind of become addicting and i think a lot (laughs) of it is the the community it attracts a certain kind of person so at least Mm -hmm. i've i've only trained it or i've only had two gyms um both of them just the people that are in there it's it's cool It's not what you would think the environment would be like in there. Everybody's super sweet, super friendly, but then you go try and choke each other. And
0: it's,
1: (laughs) I don't know. It's, it's,
0: it's. Yeah. Well, a a lot of people think it's just like the jocks or the meatheads, but it's a very diverse community. And there's a lot of humbleness in that. There's a lot of respect that people, especially within the grappling community, there's a lot of mutual respect within those communities.
1: Yeah, there really is.
0: Yeah, so that, that's awesome. That's so cool that you do that. Um, So tell me a little bit more about Xanagrams. Um, you have it in for approval. Um, You said July 4th. Now, do you know for a fact if that's going to be the day that people can start downloading it from the App Store?
1: I don't know for a fact. Okay, I've, okay. I've been going back and forth with Apple again. They gave me some they rejected the submission and gave me some feedback and the thing Mm -hmm. that I need to change is something that I can't do without site. So I Mm -hmm. literally just need someone to like click on some things for me. Mm -hmm. And As far as I know, that's the, I don't, I don't know if they do a, if, if they stop, you know, examining your submission once they find one issue or if that's, they did the full examination and only found that one issue. Gotcha. gotcha. So um, and they, it takes, you know, typically about 24 hours to hear back from them. Mm. Um,
0: yeah. How has that process been? How how has Apple been on their end? Has, have they been easy to work with? Because, you know, obviously, I, I've never really, you know, known anything about the process of submitting, you know, a finished game to any sort of company to where they can put it out for people to play it. So I'm curious, how has that, Back and forth been ha- have they been accommodating have they have they been nice <laughs> at least you know
1: um when i when i've come to apple with accessibility issues with both with the developer like the the app that you have to write code in is called xcode there's mm-hmm. accessibility issues in there that i've been trying to report since last year and they mm-hmm. are totally unresponsive and they've also been unhelpful with the online and accessibility stuff centered around the developer tools and i don't know why i think it's because when when i contact these departments i don't think they know what to do and i'm like hey i'm totally Mm. blind and there's some stuff that's wrong here but yeah so it's been really frustrating on that end because they seem so big on accessibility but then their individual departments are not
0: yeah that's 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 actually a little bit upsetting to hear because they they do push accessibility so much on the surface level or like oh we 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 fix everything when you tell us, and you know that's that's a little disappointing to hear. but obviously, I think that's kind of the issue of the whole hashtag nothing with us without us. It's like how many disabled people do you have within these individual departments? You know, do you have actual disabled? developers, coders, um, you know managers like just employees sitting in on these these departments because I think a lot of times and this is what like I I found like my, my frustration when if we go back to the education, these SDR centers, they don't have a single disabled person working in the disability resource Center and you're just like well how how can you understand what I'm going through if you have no one in here that represents me so i think maybe is maybe it could be an issue of like well do you really have representation or diversity within these departments because if you don't then when someone like you comes to them they're like um well uh i don't know because we don't have anybody that's like you here with us so uh blah 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 yeah. and you're just like okay well this is just lip service
1: Well, it's very everything's very convoluted because it is such a big organization everything is compartmentalized mm-hmm. and those different departments from what I've been told can't talk to each other, which makes no Uh, sense. So when you come to, you know, like Apple developers, like the big, all the online stuff that you use, um, when you have an accessibility issue with that and you're talking to a tech support support person for them, like they have no idea what you're talking about, Yeah. but then they can't, they can't reach out to people who do. So it's, I think it's it's just an issue of the organization being so big.
0: Yeah, I uh, I've recently found that um the platform I used for my podcast uh, it it used to be called Anchor, um, but it's podcasters or Spotify for podcasters, and nice. I used their website to upload, and they've updated their interface and they've made it really unintuitive for me as a user, like. I I'm I, I like my big thing is I hate when companies update their interface and it worked so good before the update and now the update's made it completely harder. It's like why did, why couldn't you just keep it the way you already had it but then just update everything else because now I've literally had to send out an email and be like okay, here's why this doesn't work and who knows if I'll ever hear from them. Obviously, I I figured out how to do it so I'll continue to use it but my frustrations are still there. And yeah, you it's know, a pain. I, I want to at least know, like, will you address my concerns? Because I don't think you, and especially for like, you, you pay Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars for his podcast. I know you've got money to look into accessibility. So, you know, you can't come back to me and say, um, you don't have the people that could look into this or you don't yeah, at least have the property. money. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you, I wish you could put more priority into these things because they have to know they have several disabled content creators uploading their podcast onto Spotify. So, you know, it's just a thing of like, where do their priorities lie?
1: Yep. It's just, that's not where the big money is. So it gets put on the back burner.
0: Yeah. And and it's sad because you would think, um, especially with content creation um, in all the facets, whether it be, podcasting, gaming, media. We have seen so many people with disabilities and chronic illnesses put their hats into the race, you know, actually get involved in the content that goes into, you know, these mediums and we've seen changes and we've seen more accessibility come to these fields, but it still feels like it's, it's not enough. And obviously it's probably still very new for a lot of these companies. So they're still kind of having to shift through and change things internally, infrastructure. Um, But it is frustrating to kind of try and reach out to these departments and you don't ever hear back from them. And you're just like, well, you say you're working on accessibility or you're so big on accessibility, but then when someone actually reaches out to you about it, you don't hear shit. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and I, I think that comes back to it not being represented. And so, like at face value, it might seem accessible to them, but then if they actually tried to do something using whatever access technology, then, then you realize like, okay, it's not. It might be ninety percent there, but the ten yeah. percent that's missing usually is like a crucial aspect that can't be skipped.
0: Yeah. Oh no, hundred percent. It's like you could have ninety-nine point nine 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 percent, but then that one percent is. it's a 1%, but that 1% is so much bigger than what people actually see in that value. It's just like, you know, it's hard to actually put like a percentage or like a level of importance onto accessibility, even when you know there is some accessibility there because it's like, well, yeah, but it's still not good enough. So they need to continue to do more and if they are having troubles internally then they should look to the people who are using their apps their their tools their kits they should really work with them um and i guess it's just frustrating to kind of be like you know it's again it's the whole hashtag nothing with us without us yep but i'm happy that you're you're at a point though where they're considering releasing it and i hope they do pull the trigger because Xanagrams is so much fun. it's It's a really great game. Um like you said, it's it's a good game for everybody. Um, and that's the thing with gaming that I, I that I try to push as you know, a blind gamer is gaming is for everybody. Um For me, that's you know, why I really push and maybe even annoy people with how upfront I am when I'm frustrated about a game because I'm just like, yeah, it's a great game but it's not playable for disabled gamers. So however great you want to think this game is for me, it's still, it's not good enough. So it's like, I probably annoy the shit out of people. Like when I say, you know, oh yeah, then the new Zeldas, they're great games, but uh, I can't play them. So it doesn't matter how fun you're having with those games. Those aren't good games, in my opinion, from the, the point that I'm rating them or, you know, uh, scoring them from an accessibility standpoint. So it's like, you know, we we got to do better and because, for me, I almost gave up on gaming because I thought, you know, there's no place for a disabled gamer in gaming. You know, I, I always tell people the story of when Kingdom Hearts 3 released, I was so excited to play that game because, obviously, I grew up on 1 and 2. I was such a big fan of these games. I still am. And I was so excited to play the third game. And, you know, obviously, I think KH3 came out like 2017, 2018, maybe 2019. Um, So I still had a lot of usable vision at this point. But obviously it was nowhere to where it was good enough. And I didn't know, you know, that it wasn't good enough. So I'm playing this game that I can't even get through Olympus. And I'm just like, what the hell's going on here? Why can't I play this game? I know I can play games. Just a year ago, I was playing games, no problem. And now I can't play games. And I'll never forget the feeling I had when I called my mom saying, I got to give up on gaming. And she's like, what's, what's wrong? It's like, well, I can't play games anymore because of my disability. And I think being a disabled gamer, we can't we can't play games if we're disabled. And it, it that wasn't the, the reality. The reality was that companies weren't building games made for disabled gamers. And obviously, once Last of Us Part Two came out, I realized it's like, oh, no, no, it's just, the problem has always been that these studios just weren't making games accessible for us. I'm not the problem. It's the people making the games and they just they just needed to be more proactive in making gaming for everybody.
1: Yeah, and it is doable. It's extra work, but it is doable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that we're starting to see a bit of a shift where it's at least talked about more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, there there's a big difference between true accessibility and accidental accessibility um yeah so people i think people don't understand like what that means is true accessibility is teams actually built the game up from this you know you know from the beginning that have like text-to-speech narration aim assistance you know actual features that work for the intended purpose of being used by disabled gamers versus oh, we as a disabled gamer, we found something in the game that was never meant to be used as an accessible feature, but it is an accessibility feature. But they didn't actually identify it and build it as that. It's like the the, the prime example I always give is Skyrim. Um, There is clairvoyance in that game, and that's a navigational assistance tool. You can literally use that spell to help you get from point A to point B in a quest and then you're just looking like, wow, they have navigation assistance in this game, but I bet you they never intended it to be like that. So like I, I always tell people, I sometimes want to run into an Bethesda, like you know VP, and be like, hey, do do you realize that Skyrim has navigational assistance? And just like watch their, like feel their face and see if their their eyes like light up or something. Like, oh really? Because like and I'm like, Cause do you guys even know what you had there? Yeah.
1: It's cool that it's in there. I didn't know that was a thing.
0: Yeah, it's 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 crazy. You know, you sometimes you never really know, and that's why it's so important to have our voices be heard and to have people like yourself making these games because you know it's important to have that representation. And it's it's so amazing that someone can play this game without a disability and not even realize that you know it was made with disabled gamers in mind. Um, and then I, th- but I think when they do realize that, they're like, "Wow, that's pretty awesome." You know, that's great that they did this. And then, you know, for you, it's it's awesome to know that you're you're a part of this ongoing, you know, representation of disabled developers and including disabled gamers in the games that you're creating.
1: Yeah, thanks. So. I'm really excited to see how it all goes.
0: Absolutely, and I I'm excited to know that you are still excited to build that fantasy rpg because you know, i remember <laughs> we, we had that phone call and you were telling me about it but you know i remember you you were having some troubles with the this you know the coding and the 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 kits that you know had to use to build it but uh i'm excited to know that this this first game xanagrams which is a great game and i really do think people are gonna love this game because i loved it and uh you know I tell people if I like a game, I think anybody should be able to like a game (laughs) because I'm very picky and I'm very opinionated when it comes to my game. And I got to tell you, I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you. I mean it. You've built an amazing game and it's super fun. And I think everybody's going to love it. But excited to hear that it's made you more confident to go and uh, chase that other game that you've always wanted to build.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. So hopefully July 4th, go look on the Apple App Store and Xanagrams will be in
0: there. Awesome. Well, Hey, Zach, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm happy you reached out. I've wanted to, uh, you know, collaborate with you more. So I was so, you know, I was awesome. It was an awesome surprise to, you know, see you send me a message and say, Hey, can I come on your podcast? And I'm just like, (laughs) heck yeah, man, get on here. Let's talk about your game. Cause I've, you know, been looking forward to what you had in store. So I'm so excited for you. Congratulations. And, Honestly, I hope July 4th it is on the app store and I hope everybody's playing it and enjoying it as much as I did.
1: Yeah. And I'll keep you updated if anything changes with that, but thanks again, man.
0: Absolutely. Not a problem. Hey, before I let you go, is there anything that um, I can do to help you? Um, you let me know, um, you know, obviously for support, I'm here for you, whatever I can do, but if anybody else would like to reach out, um, talk to you, give you their, you know, Instructive criticism or anything they, or just get in touch and want to, you know, collaborate with you. What's a good way for them to do that? And also uh, stay up to date.
1: Right now you can follow me on Twitter at Zach C. Tidwell, or just send me an email at contact at com. Awesome.
0: Well, Zach, thank you again for coming on the podcast. I've had a lot of fun talking to you. You have an amazing um lived experience and story um you know i thank you so much for all that you do you are a true warrior for change and you are a super resilient person and uh just i congratulate you on everything and just thank you for being the amazing person you are
1: yeah thanks man i'll talk to you later
0: absolutely well everybody that's it we are done with today's episode i hope you enjoy getting to know a little bit more about my good friend zach tidwell in the amazing game xanagrams Hopefully, July 4th, it'll be there for you to download and play. It's a super fun game. I loved it. I think you're going to love it, too. So check it out, Xanagrams. Get in touch with Zach if you want to learn more about the game um, or just, you know, get in touch with him. Give him some support. Definitely, Unsighted Army, follow him. Help build him up because, you know, honestly, I think he's got some even more amazing games down the line that are going to be just as good, if not even better than Xanagram's. But uh, until we meet again, I hope you guys stay safe. Do know you can follow me on Twitter at Unsighted Radio. It's T E D Radio. All one word, at Unsighted Radio. And do tell your friends. We are on Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Again, the Unsighted Radio, T E All right, guys. Take care. Be safe